1B and uh, that is stellar carrying a 3.8 and being a starting point guard on varsity is pretty good amen somebody or what he calls combo guard and so with that we thank God for the presiding preacher Reverend Shoemate uh, we thank God for this uh, choir and all that you have done to the deacons the trustees, the members of this historic uh, Macedonia uh, church, we thank God uh, for the privilege to be before you uh, one more time. We're soliciting your prayers with me and for me as I deliver the word of God, not for my glory, but for his good. Uh, if you have your Bibles, if you can turn with me to the gospel according to Luke, the fifth chapter, unless I forget to the pulpit search committee, I thank you uh, for all that you have done and as, as well as uh, the security that brought us in this morning. Luke chapter five, beginning with verse number one. I'll be reading from the New American Standard Bible. And when you have found it, you may see these words. Now it happened that while the crowd was pressing around him and listening to the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret. And he saw two boats laying at the edge of the lake, but the fishermen had gotten out of them and were washing their nets. Somebody say washing their nets. And he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little way from the land. And he sat down and began teaching the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered and said, Master, we worked hard all night and caught nothing, but I will do as you say and let down the nets. When they had done this, they enclosed a great quantity of fish, and their nets began to break. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat for them to come and help them. And they came and filled both of the boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw that, he fell down at Jesus' feet, saying, Go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. For amazement had seized him and all his companions because of the catch of the fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon, 
And Jesus said to Simon, do not fear, for now on you will be catching men. Our verse of emphasis uh, can be found in verse number five. Simon answered and said, Master, we've worked hard all night, caught nothing, but I will do as you say and let down the nets. I want to call this when Simon says, switches to Jesus says. When Simon says, switches to Jesus says. Come on and give God a hand clap of praise if you will. Uh, Father God, thank you for this day. Thank you for another opportunity to preach your holy word. I pray now that you will give us preaching power and precision in this place. Allow God for what we studied in private to come back to a public platform. God, we don't preach God for emojis or likes or amens, but we preach because we love you. Allow your spirit to rule and reign in this space so that someone can receive healing as well as help so that they can get connected with heaven. We thank you for it all. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Thank God. When Simon says, switches to Jesus says. Have you ever wished that you could become a kid again? If you are a kid or a child, I want to tell you why you don't have bills. Enjoy it while it lasts. Because if you've never wished it, you possibly use the words of the hip-hop genre from the 1970s and 80s that says, back in the days when I was young, I'm not a kid anymore. But some days I sit and wish I was a kid again. Because most of us, hopefully, in our childhood did not have a whole lot of groans and grief. But it was more so about games. You do know that Toys R Us had a song where they said, I don't want to grow up. I want to be a Toys R Us kid. You know, but if you were like our family, we were not well off uh, when I was younger, so we could not go to Toys R Us like some of the other kids. We had to make up games outside. You know, games such as hands up to 85. Going to get the names of. Or possibly you played games such as hide and go seek. Somebody was leaning on the tree, and they were either counting up or counting down. And after they were done, they said, ready or not? Sound like somebody played hide and go seek in here. Here I come. Or possibly you played games such as musical chairs. That when the music was going, you would march around the chairs, and there was more people than there were chairs. All of a sudden, when the music stopped, you better find you a check quickly or you are out. 
But then we even have rhythmic sounds as well as melodious tunes for picking who was it in the game. Such as sky blue, sky blue. Everybody's out except for you. But what was, what was uh, great, uh, Deacon Major Clora, is that we had games that actually spoke about rocks, such as rock, paper, scissors. But one of my favorite ones was what they call rock teacher. And rock teacher, you would go and get a particular rock, and you would have someone on the stage. And you would take that rock and put it behind your back. And you would shift the rock from hand to hand. And then you would form a cross with your hand. And if they would select the rock, you would go to another level. Then they would take the rock again, put the rock behind the back, put it in different hands. And then they would put the uh, hands back out and they would cross it. And if you pick the rock again, you would go to the next step. I believe that in our society, the reason why we are at the same level is because we have not picked a rock. And the rock I'm talking about is not a rock outside. I'm talking about the rock of ages, which is Jesus Christ. I want to submit uh, to some, even on this stream or even in this place, to some seminary professor or possibly to some pastor or some Sunday school teacher that, that at the end of the rock teacher game, that if you got all the way to the next level, then you would become the teacher. But the key to becoming the teacher is that you had to hold on to the rock. I believe that the reason why we have so much heresy in our churches and we have so much confusion in our world uh, is because of the fact that we are no longer holding on to the rock. No wonder the old songwriter said, my hope is built. Y'all ever heard of that? On nothing less than Jesus' blood and his righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame. But a holy lane on Jesus' name. On Christ, the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. Gucci man is sinking sand. Louis Vuitton is sinking sand. Cadillacs and Bentleys is sinking sand. Your mama and your daddy is sinking sand. Your job is sinking sand. But on Christ, the solid rock I stand. All of the ground is sinking sand. We played all of those games, but the game that I uh, used to play and comes to mind is a game called Simon Says. You know, Simon Says. You know, I don't know if you have played it. Simon Says was a game that exclusively endorsed one name. It, it was that whenever you told anyone to do anything as the leader, that for them to follow what you said, you had to first say, Simon says. And after that transpired, uh, if you told them to jump, you had to say, Simon says, jump, and they would jump. If you say, Simon says, say, run, and they would run. And if you said, stoop down, if you didn't say, Simon says, they were out of the game. 
Uh, because I really believe that Simon Says was, was literally all about putting the right name in the forefront uh, so that you can follow the person uh, who had the right name. I believe uh, that the reason why some of us are struggling inside of our lives uh, is because we're doing things uh, and we have not got Jesus' permission uh, to put his name uh, on what we're doing in our lives. When you decided to get married, did Jesus put his name on it? When you decided to move in your life, uh, did Jesus have his name on it? When you decided to have that conversation uh, with that son and daughter, did Jesus uh, put his endorsement on it? The issue is we're doing too much stuff in the name of God, but we don't have God. That's why churches are getting darker and darker when Jesus said, I am the light. He didn't call you to build a club. He called you to build a church. I wish I had somebody. That's why we have people knocking folk at the altar, knocking them down, and they throwing money at the preacher's feet as though they're in love with a professional stripper. Oh, Jesus didn't put his name on that. It amazes me of people who always say they got a word from the Lord but never go to church, never read their Bible, and never pray. That they want to speak into their lives, but they can't even speak into their own spouse's life. Simon said you got to have the right name in the front. Not only speaking about Simon, how about that game that's called Simon? electronic game it looks like a, a saucer and and in that it has different colors on it red blue yellow and green it, it was made by Ralph Bayer as well as Howard Morrison when they had it in Milton Bradley who is now Hansborough what would transpire is that it would have sequence and patterns that you would actually have to follow and tap through the bleeps and the beeps, and if you misstepped and did not follow the pattern, it would be a red buzzer that would go off. I believe that this can teach us all a lesson because in this society in which we live, folk act like they don't want to follow nobody. They want to create their own pattern and stop calling it singing, they're calling it doing me. I wish I had somebody. There's too many people that don't want to follow the church. They don't want to follow the supervisor. They don't want to follow the preacher. They don't want to follow the pastor. They want to go and do their own thing. And then they want to call on Jesus after they mess it up. They wonder why they're out of options and out of optimism and out of money and out of reality and out of touch and some of them act like they're out of their mind. Can I ask you a question? You saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Spirit, but who do you follow? Because in order for you to be able to lead well, you got to learn how to follow well. Everybody want to be the head honcho. Everybody want to be on top. Everybody want to be the man and the woman and all of the rest of that. But you need to submit yourself unto Jesus Christ. So how are you leading in the church when you don't even know how to follow at the house? Preach Aaron Chapman. 
How in the world can you lead people, uh, uh, can't lead your people at the job, but you want to lead folk in the house of God? Everybody got to learn how to follow, because you know that's the first thing Jesus said to his disciples. Follow me. Paul picked it up and said, if you don't understand nothing I'm saying, follow me as I follow Christ. But then uh, Simon through sound, but then there was Simon on the silver screen. There was a movie that came out by uh, Spielberg, Steven Spielberg, that was called The Encounter of the Third Kind. It is when they actually had a UFO, a UFO, extraterrestrial. It was made like a Simon game, and they communicated uh, with the extraterrestrials as humans to those that were out of space with the blinks of the red, the yellow, the blue, and the green. And what happened was, from the movie, they called it marketing serendipity. They said, in other words, it was luck. I don't believe in luck. What transpired was, is they were all sold out because of the movie about humans that were following the pattern of somebody that was not of this world. I just parallel parked into my text, ladies and gentlemen, right there. And that is that Peter was speaking in Luke chapter 5 with somebody by the name of the Jesus Christos Kyrios, Jesus Christ, who is Lord, who is not from this world. How do I know he's not from this world? Because it says within John 1 and 1, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God and the word was God and nothing was made unless it was made by him. But he came wrapped up in flesh. I love how it says it in the Greek. It says in R.K. High Logos, High Theos, which means before the beginning began, he was already there before the beginning came. He's not from this world. For you to multiply bread and fish at one touch, you're not from this world. And feed 5,000 with only a couple of fish and a couple of biscuits, you're not from this world. For you to suspend a gravitational pull of human anatomy and walk on water for six miles, you are not from this world. To put the sun on the upright hand, the planet to nibble and dance around there like a merry-go-round, you're not from this world. For you to put dirt on dirt, tell dirt to go wash dirt out of his eyes so dirt can come back and see, you are not from this world. Jesus Christ is there with Simon. I thank God he's not from this world. Because if there's anybody that's a backstabber and a hater are from this world. Anyone that will literally run your name down and don't even know you is from this world. Anybody that literally would trade anything in order to get what they want so that they may be able to step over your lifeless body, guess what, are from this world. Anything that jerked your tears are from this world. Anything that put you in depression is from this world. And that ain't all happening in the streets. Sometimes it's happening with folk that's in the sanctuary. I stopped by to tell you that it's nothing like somebody that say they love Jesus but they keep junk going. I wish I had somebody. It's nothing like people that's supposed to be serene and save but they are the person that keep on bringing up Satan that is from this world but I believe the reason I'm preaching this the reason I'm preaching this uh, trying to preach it anyway is because we need to embrace that the Lord desires to empower us but sometimes he gets that done by allowing us to come up empty 
Oh, I know you saved and sanctified, but life sometimes will make you come up empty. Oh, Zachariah, you can work for the temple. You can engage in the right tactics with your wife, but your wife, Elizabeth, will still be barren, and you will come up empty. Oh, Joseph, you will look around, and you got the glamorous garments from your daddy and got a coat like nobody else. You will have a godly dream and have divine Netflix for free and find out you will go and be thrown by your own brothers in a ditch and come up empty. Oh, you will, Leah, go around and barter for the man, have babies by the man, and find out the man don't want you anyway, and he won't Rachel. I stopped by to tell you, you'll come up empty. Oh, you can allow him to treat you like a Kentucky Fried Chicken and drive up to your life and only want your legs, your thighs, and your breasts and won't put a ring on your finger, only want to leash you until he tear you up. I wish I had somebody. And then drive off in your life, you will come up empty. You will follow correct protocols. You will go through having mass. You will have cleanliness. You will update your service as well as your church with cutting-edge technology and think that when you can come back together that the people will come into the sanctuary, but they'll get on the packed plane, but they won't come and sit on the pew. I stopped by to tell you, sometime you will come up empty. But the Lord specializes in billing it was empty. Y'all keep missing me. Because God know how to work with nothing. I know I'm supposed to say nothing. God know how to work with nothing. Because when he started the world, he started with nothing. Engaging an ex nihilo, which means he brought something out of nothing. If we can be truthful this morning, I know you dressed up. I know you look good. But oh, we should have saw you when you wasn't nothing. God has a way uh, of making CEOs and teachers and professors and deacons and preachers uh, and trustees uh, out of stuff that is absolutely nothing. So, so how, how do I make it? I, I got no Simon. How do I make it? He says you need a lifter, you need a listener, and you need a learner. Jesus is there. It says now. Somebody say now said now it happened that is the chronology it says that the crowd was there of course that's self-explanatory but then it says and they pressed him that means they cleaved to him who is the him that is the Christ he says but they listened they were coherent but then he heard the word of God that's the celestial communication which means that if you press in Jesus what you pressing him for Watch it. He is the lifter. There is a what is called a juxtaposition. That means that there's a comparison and contrast in Luke chapter 4 and Luke chapter 5. In Luke chapter 4, you have the mother-in-law of Simon who has a fever. And he trusts Jesus with his mother-in-law. But in Luke chapter 5, he don't trust him with his motivation. Watch it now. She has a fever, which means whenever you have a fever, that means the white blood cells within your body is actually fighting off a virus that's trying to take it over. Which means, in other words, you might be down, but you got some fight left. 
I stopped by to tell somebody that if you're going to get to where God wants you to be, you got to stop pining and whining and you got to stop going around with your head down and acting as though you're so defeated when God is trying to show you right here and right now. Are you going to lay down or are you going to get up and fight? If you want your marriage, you got to get up and fight. If you want to be at the next level, you got to get up and fight. If you want the blessing God has for you, you got to get up and fight. And sometimes God says, be still and allow me to fight your battle. Jesus, Jesus, I got to skip some of this. Jesus valued what was around him. He let the people come. This is what I love about Jesus, Dr. Twyman. He is not bent on position, possession, and property. He don't care more about that than he do people. And that's where our society is right now. That people care more about possession, about power, and property more than they care about people. That is why you can leave people homeless outside as human beings. But you will literally throw somebody in jail for a dog being outside. That's how you can dig ditches to get somebody out of the position so you can keep your position. And because you care more about a position than you do people. Jesus don't care about the possessions and the property. Jesus loves people. If we are the church of God, we got to start loving people again. You get mad if somebody step on your Air Force Ones. Now let's say, give me two per. You get mad if somebody step on your, you know, your Jordans and step on your shoe, but you don't matter. You don't look at it when people and politics are stepping on people. Jesus valued what was around him, but then Jesus used a vehicle that was before him, a boat. Watch it. Jesus gave it his power even though he saw that it wasn't productive. Let's see if I can bring it a little bit closer. I was at home vacuuming, uh, you know, and doing some chores around the house, you know, for my wife got home. And I, I thought I was just showing off, you know, I'm vacuuming and getting everything together. And I'm voo, voo, voo. And I'm thinking I'm throwing down and I'm seeing ain't no lint being picked up. Nothing is coming off the floor. I said, now nah, I know that I know at least how to vacuum. And then with that, I kept on vacuuming, vacuuming, vacuuming. And I said, no, something is wrong. I flipped the vacuum over and found out that the belt was broken on the inside, which I discovered it was making all of that noise but wasn't doing nothing. I stopped by to tell you that there's some folk in your life that they louder than anybody else, but they ain't doing nothing. I wish I had somebody. You could be the loudest one in church. It could be the biggest demon we'd have never saw. I stop by to tell you, no matter how loud you are, my question is, how productive are you? Because the problem is, is that you're broken on the inside. Not only did he, Jesus, literally look and saw the vehicle, but then he voiced what was in him. It says within Luke chapter 4 at the end of it that he was preaching and teaching the kingdom of God. You know, we don't hear too much preaching anymore. That's about the kingdom 
of God. It is about self-motivation. It is about getting yours right here and right now. Even our prayers are based upon what we can get. Lord, bless my house and bless my family and bless my future. When you're looking at a Bible, God never made it about you. It is about what God can give you so it can get through you and not stay with you. Too many people are being cute when they should be talking about the kingdom. When they're trying to be clever, when they need to be clear, when it comes down to Christ. So when that, what, what do we do? What do we do? How, how, how do we make it? Y'all want to know how to make it? I promise I want to know. How do, how do I make it? I got to submit to the Savior when I can't see it. I said I got to submit to the Savior. When I can't see it. Let's just be real. A whole lot of stuff God telling you. You don't see it. Because God. Don't show you the details. He just wants you to go. To get to the destination. Watch it. Because Peter. Is confused. Because what he is looking for. Don't match what he's looking at. This is what's amazing. Jesus says, push out into the deep. You got Jesus on the boat. You got Simon on the boat. They're on the same boat, but got two different perspectives. Jesus sees overflow, but all Simon sees is obstacle. Jesus sees prosperity, but all he sees is what was pitiful that happened last night. Is it not amazing you can be married in the same household and have two different perspectives? Isn't it amazing how you can be in the same America and have two different perspectives that people think that it is good for you to have trading in nooses for knees on necks? Isn't it amazing that you can come from the same neighborhood and they care more about weed smoking as well as being wretched instead of having some work ethic? You can come from the same family and you thinking about things of God, but all they thinking about is how they can dig ditches. Look, look, what, he, look what he does. He, he, he literally says, I can't see exactly what you, you see because we got to get to the point that we got to launch when we only listen to the Lord. Somebody say, I got to listen to the Lord. It drew him. That, that wasn't just one boat. There was more than one boat. Jesus chose Simon's boat. He selected it. He picked it. Whenever you hear the name Simon, it is a representation of Peter's immaturity. When you look within Luke chapter 5, he says, hey, Lord, I don't know. I've been out all night. He's acting immature. When you look within Luke, I believe it's 22, he's actually warming himself by a fire. And they say, hey, he looks like uh, somebody that was with Jesus. He says, I don't know the man and cursed on top of it. But watch this. In Luke chapter 9, he says, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. So whenever you hear the term Simon or name Simon, it literally means he's in his immaturity. You ought to be praising God. That God gave you your season even when you were acting like Simon. 
even in your immaturities, God literally covered you in your immaturities. Watch this now, because God will allow for your boat to be empty so he can get rid of your fans and your followers. So you can engage in faith. Watch, watch, watch this. Watch what he does. I want to suggest, ladies and gentlemen, that I'd rather be on an empty boat with Jesus than on a full boat with some fools. So, 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 so with that, he drew him. But not only did he drew him, the boy drained. He said, no, nah, I don't feel like going out. I've been working all night. See, what he got an attitude about is in all actuality, what is failing him is that which should be familiar to him. If there's anything that he knew what to do, that's fish. See, sometimes God will allow for you to fail at what's familiar because his plan was to get you at his feet. Have you ever been doing everything that you know to do and it's still not working? Because God wants you to know that he needs you to get closer to him. Because sometimes you don't need your skill, you need the spirit. Come on, but, but, but watch it now. He said, we've been working, we've been working all night long, and we didn't call it nothing. We unsuccessful. He says, I can control some things. Somebody say, I can control what I can control. He says, I can control my boat. I can control my belief, but I can't control where my blessing is. Watch this. Everybody wasn't unsuccessful that night. The fish were successful. They were successful because they got away. I want to suggest to us this morning that you're kind of frustrated because you're God's child and it looks like your life is sinking when everybody else's life is afloat. But God is saying, you got to trust me when you can't trace me. Not only do you have that which is drained, I'm going to finish this up. You have that which actually is deep. They're washing their nets. They're washing their nets. They're washing their nets. They're washing their nets. I'm going to try one more again. You're going to catch on to it. They're washing their nets. I'm going to try this side. They're washing their nets. I thought y'all was with me. I'm going to try this out. They're washing their nets. I thought y'all was coming. They're washing their nets. The attitude you have is because Jesus tells you to launch out at the very moment you think you washed up. It's at that time in your life where you feel like you don't have nothing left. You are embarrassed. You don't want to go no further. You don't want to try to do no more. It's at that time when you feel like giving up that God says it's time for you to launch out. But then, but then you have that it was deep. He says, go on out to the deep. Because I won't do what I'm going to do with you until you learn how to get deep with me. Too many people have a shallow religion. I call it a hokey pokey religion. Put your right foot in. Put your left foot out. Then all of a sudden you shake it all about. Do the hokey pokey. The question is, are you going to be in God? Or are you going to be out of God? It's dark. 
the last time he went out. We suggest, ladies and gentlemen, that until you get over yesterday, God is not going to give you a yes today. So many of us have failed in our lives. And we have not decided to get over our failure. That we, yes, have been so caught up on what we don't have. The God, he wants you to trust him when you can't trust chase him. Oh, Lord, and I wonder, is there anybody in here that can praise your God that God, he'll be there when it seems like everything is over. The Bible says that all of a sudden, that he came unto Simon uh, and he told him uh, that you need to launch out. Uh, as he began uh, to launch out, uh, he discovered uh, that he had more fish uh, that was on his boat uh, that he actually needed uh, to have some help uh, from somebody else. Uh, what am I trying to say? Uh, and that is uh, that Jesus Christ uh, used Peter uh, as bait uh, for him to give another disciple. Uh, it is somebody here that thank your God uh, that God has a way uh, of using your failure to have somebody else. Uh, to get on board. Uh, is there anybody here uh, that can praise your God? Uh, that God uh, will make you the example uh, that if you only hang in there a little while longer, that God has a way uh, of turning things around. Uh, I know uh, that you have been on your sick bed, uh, but God. God uh, is about to turn it, uh, about to turn it around. Uh, I know uh, it looks like uh, you're about to land in divorce, uh, but God uh, is about to turn it around. Uh, I know uh, that you've been stressed out. Uh, it looks like you have a broken dream, uh, but God uh, is about to turn it around. Uh, do I have uh, about five witnesses uh, in the house uh, that know that God uh, is turning around? Uh, the last thing uh, I want to tell you uh, is that God uh, says I need uh, for you to drop it. Uh, and that's when uh, I'm going to deliver it. Uh, the Bible says uh, that Peter uh, dropped his net uh, as somebody here
here that God's word is the reason why you have not been delivered because you have not learned how to drop it in your life as so many people that the Bible says and the old church used to say to come to the altar and take your burden and leave it there but God is trying to tell you the reason why you have not been delivered is you bring it to the altar you pick it right back up and take it right back home the Bible says that Peter laid at Jesus feet I'm here to tell somebody you need to lay your problem at Jesus feet you need to lay your pressure at Jesus feet you need to lay your burden at Jesus feet you need to lay your bother at Jesus feet you need to lay your difficulty at Jesus feet you need to lay your depression at Jesus feet you need to lay your trouble at Jesus feet you need to lay your sickness at Jesus feet you need to lay your storm at Jesus feet you need to lay your cancer at Jesus feet you need to lay your family at Jesus feet you need to lay your frustration at Jesus feet you need to lay your fight at Jesus feet and anybody in here that's going to lay it at God's feet I think I ought to tell you that problem that I had I just couldn't seem to solve I tried and I tried but I just kept getting deeper involved I turned it over to Jesus and he worked it out anybody here know he gonna work it out he's gonna work out your situation he's gonna work out your melancholy he's gonna work out your confusion he's gonna work out your pandemic how do I know one Friday he worked it out he was nailed hand by hand he was pierced in his side he died but anybody here thank God early Sunday morning he got up he got up with all power in his hand power to live right power to get up from where you are do you know he got power say yeah say yeah hey, yeah do you know he got power say power say yeah
So go home and lay down and get some sleep. Glory to God. He got it in his hand. Say power. Power. Yeah. Yeah. As we all stand together, the doors of the church are now open. The gospel has been preached. Now is your time to respond. 